Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. <laughs> See, we did it without Eva for once. Yeah, 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 we did it. Yay! And- and it's a, a Monday morning, and I woke up without my without personal complaint. Because usually I wake up and I go, oh, I, I wonder why. It's because I was the one complaining the whole time. I gave you no room to complain. I when? woke up like five minutes before recording and was like, ah. I woke up before you. That's got to be a first. That is definitely a first. Um, my Apple Watch that is from like... 1995 i still have it and all it basically does anymore is track my sleep um it told me apple watch from 95 (laughs) that's not even a good joke (laughs) okay fine my baby g watch okay your your calculator watch it's also a phone book yeah (laughs) and it's a slap watch too so you can slap it on um it said i slept over 10 hours last night because i'm so behind on sleep um, oh, I feel for you. So it was a lovely time, but I didn't want to go get up. I wanted to hit, you know, 11, 12 hours. But um, it was my idea to record at 10 a.m. So it is my fault. And yes, we are talking about 10 a.m. folks. Some of you are probably want to punch us in the face. We're complaining about getting up for 10 a.m. We recognize our privilege. We do. That we we do. get to be our own bosses and yeah. make our own hours. But you know what? I will say the perk of getting to sleep in every day. Mm-hmm. I... 
I still feel like I do the equivalent amount of work because I end up staying up late. Like exactly. it's all proportional. We just shift My, everything. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, like everyone else is done working usually by like five or six, and I feel like I'm still working at oh yeah eight, eight nine ten. So oh yeah. And now that I know. have like East Eastern time, and you're now on Eastern time, but you're usually on Pacific time. Uh, I feel like my day, it's nice because my day doesn't, I mean, with Leona, I have the morning with her, but then my like work day doesn't really start till noon. Yeah. But then it doesn't end till like eight or 9 p.m. So it's like, well, I don't know. It's all, uh, it's all relative. Relative. Thank you. Mm -hmm. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm not as stressed as you are currently. I know I'm you. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me as... try that again. Uh, <clears throat> take two. I'm fine. Oh, that was worse. I'm fine. No. Okay. You, you go ahead. I'm fine. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not fine. <laughs> um, no, I, the, you're about to go on your big international trip and that overwhelms me just as a concept. So, um, conceptually speaking, <laughs> um, I don't envy you. I do because I know you'll still have fun, but the logistics of it all just, I really, it's very um, daunting. Yeah. Send in your good vibes. Thank um, you. But no, I'm 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 good. I hung out with my hometown friends yesterday. I'm, uh, How's the Funkle life? You're now Funkle to multi babies. Uh, uh, it's it's a it's currently a good life because I have done nothing. That's the dream. Know? Yeah. Um, I have held the baby's hand on the day he was born, Aww. but then um, I haven't seen him since he was born. So I'm actually going over later today to hold him for the first time. Oh. So. Oh, take photos oh it's a little baby um so, so cute and he likes to sleep i like to sleep so you so far we've got a lot so in common, in common. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's like when leona started eating tomatoes and you were like i finally got we got like, it we got we each, see other. each other yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but no I, I i'm gonna hold them later today and that's kind of my whole agenda. So good for you. You know, it's a good life. <laughs> um, I I got really nothing to report on. I'm trying to think of a, a good reason why I drink, but I guess the reason I drink is because, like, for like five seconds, I I feel like I've got some relaxing time. You know, good. So, tell me all about your feelings and your thoughts and your oh your everything about this big trip coming up. Oh my. Um. Well. Uh, I'm drinking, oh, by the way, I meant to tell you real quick. I'm drinking coffee out of the mug you gave me. Um, what is it? Hold on, let me see. I, my, my documents are in the way. It's, it's, <gasps> ah, that's an old one now, homie. Married bitches. Um, I think what are I you drinking in it? Coffee with lots of yummy creamer. <laughs> I'm drinking Deer Park because I don't have that on the oh, West that's... Coast and I missed her. Yeah, so. I know you have that favorite brand. Um, DP. DP, right. Um, no, I'm good. You know what? I'm good. I'm chilling. Okay. So, sort of. <laughs> Any updates on like your travels? That I you bought, as you know, I bought everything that uh, the internet sells for traveling and for toddlers. Um, I have some fun Gabby's dollhouse uh, coloring books mm. re ready to whip out during a crisis. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, today's packing day. Do you have any um, big things you're looking forward to on your trip? Oh, well, the last time I went to Sweden, um, I found out my boyfriend cheated on me and I tried to jump off the boat into the fjord 
Uh, okay. And so, so I'm excited to not do that this time. Unless um, Blaze has a really some uh, bad oh, news to tell bad you. News. <laughs> that's true. And that's true. I got to be really careful. Because, um, yeah, Sweden has done me dirty in the past. But it's a great country. I'm very excited. Um, and I'm excited to – this is going to sound terrible, but we're not really seeing, like, a lot of relatives. Like, I have so many relatives over there. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. I Like, I – I don't mean in a mean way about them it's just like it adds so much <laughs> stress and i don't know uh and socializing and all that so i'm excited and blaze's parents are coming and they've never been so we get to kind of show them around and and you're gonna get a car out of it oh yeah <laughs> by the way i'm getting a car that's why that's part of the reason we're going um and oh we decided that i think i'm gonna try to take my car and drive it through europe Oh, that'd be fun. So, like, as, like, a little road trip. So, what, um, what do you know where you're going to be stopping? Uh, I think Hamburg, Hamburg. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Or, or Berlin. <laughs> I'm not really sure yet. Maybe Berlin. Um, do you have a favorite place over there that, like, yeah, you know, I love this, not even in Germany, but I love Vienna, which is, we're spending a couple of days in Vienna. Um, nice. It's so beautiful there. I can't wait to take you there one day, Em. Well, you got to get me some good food recommendations and nap spots. And well, I was going to we'll say, okay. I learned that in Sweden, they have this thing called Fika, which mm -hmm. in Germany, we they also have, I imagine it's similar to a Spanish siesta. I'm not really sure. But mm. it's like basically coffee and cake hour. And <gasps> like in Germany, like I swear to God, the world stops <laughs> like at like <gasps> two o'clock. Everyone's like, okay, bring out the coffee, bring out the cake, bring out the tea. And everyone just like takes an hour or two i mean every other country does everything better than us exactly like what are we thinking we took the worst parts and brought them here and why because like you know at my at my last job you know everyone gets the munchies around three o'clock mm -hmm. so obviously i get it with the cake thing it's the energy dip you know you want like a tea or a coffee and some some sugar so like naturally in our bodies we all get that yes. feeling anyway so why would don't we just give into it come I don't on understand. and so yeah, I'm excited because um, my parents very vehemently support coffee and cake hour. And the fact that I found out Sweden does the same thing. I was like, I already booked all our like little, not booked, but I like picked all the best little spots mm. to make sure we're getting a good. That's and apparently up. in Sweden, it's it's cinnamon buns. So in Germany, oh. it's like cake, you know, and in Sweden, which makes sense now at Ikea, why they sell those cinnamon buns. <gasps> It's for when you're shopping and then when two o'clock hits, you stop your shopping. You sit down in one of the uh, beautiful living rooms they've set up for you. <laughs> Do you know what I found out about my the Burbank Ikea? Which, by the way, if you're not from California or from Southern California, um, Burbank is apparently known for its Ikea. Mm -hmm. um, I have told people I live in Burbank and they go, oh, they have Ikea. They're yes. like the we're like the only area in Los Angeles that has an Ikea and people usually come all the way to Burbank when they, when they're yes. moving I somewhere. I've spent a lot of time at that Ikea. And, uh, I just, I just talked to somebody here in like Virginia and I was like, Oh, I live in Burbank. And they were like, Oh, Ikea. Are and you I was like, shitting me? I was like, there are other Ikeas. <laughs> what? You live here There's where there like is an Ikea. at least a dozen, like within, I don't know, 200 miles of you. Yeah. Or... Well, uh, <laughs> So apparently that Ikea is the largest Ikea in the continent. Huh? Fun fact. And think of the real estate. 
I was like, no wonder everyone knows about this fucking Ikea. Okay, I remember that used to suck because you used to have to park across the street. And yeah, then they and then would they have like it. a loading zone and you would have to drive. And so when I was by myself, I'm like, well, I don't have any friends to stand here and like hold my furniture. So I'd have to like leave yeah. it, run, get the car. But they changed it all. So it's much better Ikea now. Ikea is a, is a team uh, event. It yeah. needs to be. I don't know what I was thinking going alone, but... um. Yeah, well, anyway. I don't know what we were talking about. Oh, Sweden and their cinnamon rolls. Yes. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. Um, just be prepared for a lot of photos of my food and my cake. So that sounds great to me. I still I, I very much miss my um, during COVID. I was setting like every like three o'clock or four o'clock. I was having tea time with myself. Yes. Tea time. Exactly. Like you get it. It was lovely. I know. It was lovely. You, should, you should pick that back up um everyone it is uh whenever you listen to this you have permission from us in case you need the the permission and the external validation <laughs> you have permission we give you the 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 freedom to go give yourself an hour and do whatever you want today that's right and if your boss asks say you have not a doctor's note but a podcast note say so we uh, we we we'll, got it we'll covered it. don't even worry about it <laughs> also reminder to drink thirsty little rats Okay, I'm drinking coffee. Does that count? Well, stay hydrated however you need to, but put something in your mouth. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And that I want I want to edit none of those orders. words. <laughs> no, you sh- as you shouldn't. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, well, Christine, mm. I got a classic haunt for you today. Mm. Um, this is in Milwaukee. Ooh, I love Milwaukee. I've this only ever called... been there with you. I know. I've only ever been there with you. Mm-hmm. There's a pattern, it seems. That's hmm. weird. I wonder why. <laughs> um, This is a cigar bar, which you, <laughs> you know we love those. You know, I've only been there with you. <laughs> uh, 
hang on. Allison just texted me. <laughs> oh no! What did she say? I don't understand the context, but it said, "I oh oh." She responded with, "I feel like one day I'm gonna look back at all this and see that this was the first sign of mental illness for you." <laughs> The first sign? Sorry. No offense, Em, but the first sign? Are you shitting me? Where's she been? Is she not listening? Because I tell her every day that I'm so mentally unwell. Does she not realize? Um yeah well she's she's the context she's right <laughs> she's right about what i said to her i mean i don't doubt that for a minute but what did it what were you talking about you don't um, have to tell me <laughs> well so allison goes to bed really early yeah and speaking of our schedules <laughs> i mean it's gonna truly sound like i'm like i'm mentally unstable um i because she goes to bed early i I'm very when I <laughs> you don't have to tell me if you don't want. No, it's just stupid. I one of my favorite things to do is like just like shout affirmations at her. Um, oh, good. And oh yeah, she's so unfortunate to have someone encouraging her every five seconds. Allison, if you're listening, <laughs> to be um, fair, that wasn't the mentally ill part. So apparently, she's on board. Well, so she goes to bed so early, and it's become a habit where I just like shout affirmations just so to know just because i know that she's got something she that she'll hear something so now uh-huh. when she goes to bed i um i just keep doing it i just keep Wait, saying like, like while you're across the country you mean or what no no no. like when she goes to sleep at seven o'clock at eight o'clock i just like get a like weird stim Compulsion. where i just still want to say nice things about her even though she's not in the room oh i see so i'll just be working and all of a sudden i'll be like you're so pretty and then i realize she's not in the room and <laughs> So, oh. so now we've made a thing where I I just talk to fake Allison when oh. she goes to bed. Yeah, well, um, okay, I'm seeing now where this became a little uh-huh. concerning. Yeah, so in the morning I'll be like, oh, I talked to fake Allison, I told her she's beautiful, so, you know, everything should be covered for the rest of the day. I love, so, though, like, she has to be the most supportive partner to say this is the first sign of mental illness. Like, I I've know. known you for a long time. Uh, anyway, she clearly has blinders on, so you're lucky, Em. <laughs> she's say, she's saying it because since we're across the country, I was telling her like, oh, I've been talking to Fake Allison a lot more recently since you know our time schedules are different. Aww. I was like, so anyway, she was like, her response was, I feel like one day I'm gonna look back and see that this was the first sign of mental illness. For I love you. that you're about to start your story and that comes in. She has impeccable timing that one. She does. She does. I'll talk to Fake Allison about it later, though. Um, okay, great. <laughs> Me too, while we're at it, you know? Yeah, yeah, might as well. Okay, so anyway, this is a cigar bar. It's called Shaker's Cigar Bar. Okay. And uh, I guess we just get into it. So it was built in 1894. It's in Milwaukee, and it's built on a previous cemetery, of course. Sure, why not? Fun fact, do you know the difference between a graveyard, a cemetery, and a burial ground? Oh, Ooh, I just got goose cam from just the question. Uh, I asked fake Allison. She didn't have a fucking answer, of course. <laughs> she was stupid, like, stupid, stupid Allison. Tallying your mental illness scores. <laughs> Adding one more. Check. Uh, let's see. Uh, a graveyard, a cemetery. No, I don't. I found this out yesterday because I went to a cemetery and I went on a tour of a cemetery. <gasps> cool. 
I don't, I regret it because it was so fucking caught out. And I was like, I and I was the only person on the tour. I wait, what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I was the only person on the tour. I I don't know why. I thought <laughs> three p.m. is when everyone goes on a cemetery tour. <laughs> Um, so I went and it was just so fucking hot. I couldn't even hear half the things he was saying. And I had to keep looking interested because there's nobody well, else. Well, yeah, just... you can't even hide behind someone. That sucks. I, it was just the two of us. It might as well have been a fucking bumble date, like to <laughs> go to the cemetery. <laughs> um, he said a, a graveyard is attached to a church. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a cemetery is not. And then a burial ground doesn't even have like monuments or stones or anything it's just a plot of land that people bury dead bodies gotcha so it's not even like meant to be sacred or have like uh, right headstones okay wow and that's cool that is a fun fact so shaker's cigar bar is built on a cemetery so it's not attached to a church gotcha uh, good, because I don't know if a church wants to share land with a cigar bar. I mean, listen, priests have a few vices. Usually, it's wine, but um, <laughs> but I get that. It's the they could blood get of Christ, a... actually. So that's true. It relax. is. That's true. You're right. Until the 19th to 20th century, um, uh, the pre the se- the cemetery was untouched. Um, nothing else was going on there until about the 19th or 20th century. Then Milwaukee wanted to expand. And they had nowhere to do it except on top of their older cemeteries. Oops. <laughs> so many people couldn't actually afford to move their loved ones when oh. they knew the construction was coming. And so those bodies were left in the ground. And, and they get rid of the headstone. Of I'm sure that's just that's yeah. classy. You just have to write down somewhere what acre they're on, I guess. Um, oh, yeah, you got to stand in the cigar bar and they're like, uh, excuse me, I'm sitting here, and you're like, "Do you mind?" Right. I'm yeah. bringing flowers. <laughs> just like, set them on a booth in the corner. Uh, so when they decided to build over the cemetery, the location that is currently Shaker Cigar Bar was originally a cooperage house. Do you know what a cooperage house is? It sounds like a coop chicken coop, but I don't know. That's what I also thought. <laughs> okay, because... you made a face, and I was like, "Am I about to be so embarrassed?" Okay, good. no, glad it's not just. Well, me. I've always heard the name Cooper, and I thought, "Oh, that's someone who does like who makes coops." Oh, like barrels, barrels. How do I know that? I don't know, but it it just popped in my head when you said the last name Cooper. I was like, I think that means barrel maker. It is. So oh, okay. So a cooperage house was a house that made barrels, Got and it. specifically, this building made barrels to transport Schlitz beer. <laughs> yes. Um, and so that was what the building originally was. And then in 1922, it was bought by the Capone brothers. Oh, Uh-oh. that fits. That fits. So Al and Frank Capone, uh, they opened it, of course, into a speakeasy because I've hmm. never heard them open anything into like a library. Um, it's <laughs> had to be something bad. Um, and I'm they would bad about a speakeasy. M. You watch your mouth. Okay, maybe in 1922 it wasn't all good, but well, um, probably probably in the, when we get into the details, yeah, it, it, yeah. In today's world, the speakeasy is divine. I but... was just at one in Knoxville. I had a great time, but I'm Were sure you? it was a different vibe. What was like... the theme? I, uh, you know, a speakeasy can't not have a theme. Okay, these days. so I don't know if you'll love this or not, but it was like a library. Oh, um, I if, love that. Okay, good. Because I know you're not like a huge like book person, but all the characters were named like the drink I got was called the Violet Baudelaire from um from um Willy Wonka. 
No. Uh, oh my God, oh. Christine. Uh, Violet Beauregard was Beauregard. That, that, that was Willy Wonka, wasn't it? No, not Beauregard. Baudelaire <laughs> from uh, uh, the, uh, the things that are all bad. All the things are bad. Um, <laughs> Christine. L- Willy Wonka. Lemony Snicket. Lemony Snicket. A series of unfortunate oh. events. Did I just have this conversation with you? Uh, did I? Because I feel like I should have uh, had it who better I, this time. Who was I talking to? I was just talking to someone about all you could do with a library-themed bar. I was just talking about this with someone. Oh, well, they, they did a good job. But Violet, did you ever read that? Um, no. A series of unfortunate events. Um, so they had like characters named after different... Um, books and or i'm sorry drinks named after different characters it was uh it was really cool i was just talking about this i was just talking about this with someone oh my god was it fake allison (laughs) it might have been fake allison because i i was just talking about like how good um oh maybe it was allison it was real allison i think oh okay um (laughs) for important distinction um because I was, I asked her, like, if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? Like, if, like, money was nothing, what would you, yeah. like, what? And she said she wanted to open her own bookstore with a coffee shop in it. But it was also, like, like a, a bookstore that turned into a bar at night or something. So, like, Ooh. it ends up being, like, a library-themed bar. And we were always talking about, like, oh, even, like, you know how at, like, cafes and a bookshop, they've got, like, fun little drinks for kids. And I was like, think of, like, what you could do with little like drinks fun drinks for kids and i was like oh the curious george would be like a peanut butter (gasps) banana smoothie and like oh my god that's really cute um i just we just anyway very weirdly timed in the universe because we just talked about this it is weirdly timed and um i thought of you because i know you love a speakeasy oh and i love a theme i know you do (laughs) (laughs) i love a theme um wow okay Uh, next time i visit you we'll go yeah, it was. I mean, it's in Knoxville, so it's four oh. hours south. But yeah, <laughs> next time I'm in Knoxville, I'll text you for the address. Excellent. Um, okay, so Shakers was a, originally a cooperage house and made barrels for Schlitz beer. In 1922, the Capone brothers turned it into a speakeasy, and they would smuggle beer from Canada. Oh. Um, and their front, the name of their like fake restaurant or building, so that way no one would know it was a speakeasy, was ABC Soda Company. <laughs> They're like, hey, what? Which we A B C? Got it, yeah. nailed it. First try. <laughs> I guess there's an ABC like liquor company. There is an right? ABC liquor. Oh, interesting. Um, I wonder if that was on purpose. If that was a play on words, like, oh, you know the ABC that we're we talking can- about. But <laughs> this is ABC soda. Yeah, yeah, yeah nothing, not related. Uh, the speakeasy was in the warehouse district, so I guess a lot of its clientele were people who were working in the middle of the day, so they would come in on their, like, lunch shifts. Or oh, okay. In the middle of their shift. Um, but it was also, at nighttime, a gambling hall and brothel. Hell yeah. And because it was mob run, it is difficult to know how many people died there, but it's suspected that a lot of a lot of people died right. there. Right. Thus, many of the deaths have become local legend because all people can do is guess how people died. Mm. Um, And the staff has actually tried really hard to put the pieces together and has worked with historical societies to learn as much as possible, Um, which I like that they're trying to find the bodies and at least honor the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
The most notorious death that they've been able to figure out here is of Molly Brennan, who was an Irish 16-year-old who was also the most popular of the sex workers. Oh, no. While 16, she worked the penthouse as the most popular sex worker and was murdered and dismembered for (gasps) unknown reasons. Dear Lord. That's dark. Um, Some say she might have, like, like a client met up with her, and when they saw each other face-to-face, she realized it was someone that she knew. Um, And so, like, afraid that he would get found out, that he was, like, with her. the story that's kind of one of the ideas of what must have happened okay another version is that maybe she was killed by like a jealous client or like a jilted <sighs> suitor i mean somebody. listen people have killed women for much less yeah maybe she, she didn't laugh at his joke yeah that like, could also i mean especially it. when it comes to sex workers i feel like i've watched enough s for you to know this has not changed much as far as yeah probably know that's what he was like he was into pain and like yeah, did knows? something went too far or something so you just it could be anything um another death was in the 1840s when the land was still a cemetery and it had an orchard on it and there was an eight-year-old oh. named elizabeth no. and she fell out of one of the trees of the <gasps> orchard in time oh my god um, we also know that there were people murdered in the speakeasy and sex workers died upstairs a lot. Um, and that could be either homicide, suicide. We don't really know all the reasons, but multiple different types of deaths upstairs. And in 1932, Al Capone goes to prison and a year later, prohibition ended. Uh, that being said, the brothels were in operation for like another 13 years. Mm. So from 1946 to the 1980s, the history of the property is really hard to nail down. Um, But we do know that by the 1980s, a guy named Bob reopens it as a cigar bar. Okay, Bob's like, oh, what's this? Yeah. (laughs) I just stumbled upon this. Doesn't feel eerie at all. Nothing wrong with this place. So when he reopened it, he had... ABC Cigars. That would be hysterical. Wouldn't that be what, good? <laughs> what a good nod. Oh, it'd be ABC Gar. ABC Gars. That's really good. I listen. He he had a missed opportunity there. Yeah. Well, I think Bob just I think he was running with the first thing he saw and didn't even think about the creativity. <laughs> um, so he reopens it in the eighties and he also brought the building back to its original nineteen twenties aesthetic, so it looks like it did when the Capones owned it. Cool. It was cool. I'm down yeah. with that. Um, fun fact, apparently in the early, well, it's not really a fun fact, but early in the 90s, Bob claims that this was a regular hotspot or watering hole for Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, I mean, it is a fun fact in our universe. Like, it's our type of fun fact that's just fucked up. Um, Mm -hmm. that's upsetting. Yes. Well, in case you wanted to know that, now you do. I, I didn't, but thank you for telling me anyway. You're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> so during during uh, renovations, uh, of course, ghosts hate renovations, it seems, and contractors started having very spooky experiences. And by the second day of this building being open, Bob knew it was haunted. Oh, no, that's pretty quick. That's rough. <laughs> I'd be like, ooh, how much did I invest into this fucking yeah. place? Um, staff had issues right away, and soon, because people were having so many 
paranormal experiences, Bob just started giving informal tours of the building. Okay. Which, like, if you find a side hustle, lean into it, Why I guess. Not? You know, I would take him up on that. Yeah. If he was like, oh, you want to see, like, the place and maybe have a spooky experience? Let's Hell go. Hell yeah. Um, he also started very quickly looking into the potential entities here. He knew, you know, about Molly and Elizabeth, mm. who both died on the property. Um, Elizabeth, she's a hoot. The little <laughs> eight-year-old girl. <laughs> she loves her some mischief. Aww. Um... And it's fun for her, and it's fun for me not having to experience it. But if I were someone who had to experience <laughs> it, I'd hate it. Um, because she's most often seen and or recognized in the women's bathroom, which is like on its own a sad thing because it's like she just wants to hang out with the girlies, Aww, you know? Yeah, she's like, This is where the girls go, yeah. Um, so. In the bathroom, the faucets turn on by themselves. Women hear giggling in the bathroom. Apparently, the they'll hear knocking, of course, on their stall. Oh, when, no. You're so, like, I'm really indecent right now. Truly, pants dropped, maybe <sighs> in the middle of an intense situation. But that is such a kid thing to do. Mom! Yeah. I just what are imagine. you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Can I come in? Well, if you don't lock the stall door, guess who kicks it open? <laughs> shut up it just swings <laughs> open and there's like nobody on the that's terrifying uh, and then some people even worse is if you're walking by the stalls to like see which ones are available sometimes people will see the shoes of a little <gasps> they'll see a little Ew, girl I standing just got goose cam. that's scary imagine if you see the shoes when you're on the other side on the <gasps> potty and she's trying to bang on the door and giggle and you see little vintage feet and what if and she's shoes. like just silent and you just <gasps> see like victorian shoes and you're like oh my god what do i do for the rest of time if i ever see shoes on the other side of a stall i'm just gonna assume that it's a ghost for sure it's gonna With be no like context sketchers shape ups and you're gonna be like oh my god it's a victorian ghost <laughs> they're gonna be shoes that like light up like the little kid light up shoes <laughs> it's like that's a Get demon away! for sure you're gonna start saying the our father and then the parents are gonna be like okay we're gonna find a different bathroom this one's really weird <laughs> imagine if they're heelys <laughs> Uh, uh, i am imagining so uh yeah apparently she just likes to chill in the bathroom also she has a portrait of herself in shakers they've like Aww. i don't know if it's a painted portrait or what there's a picture of her to honor her at shakers next to the bathroom where everyone sees her okay and apparently the portrait moves on its own throughout the building and people just find the portrait oh. in different rooms oh my god that feels like a big heavy item to be moving around it, it again it brings up this stupid that thing that quandary this yeah the quandary like is it falling into a portal and just showing up somewhere is it being moved and no one's not how would you not notice is a it portrait getting like moving floated bites? through the hallway or is it just like poof <laughs> in it no 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 if you're on a healy that's sliding oh, that's slide. you're right it would glide yeah. you're right yeah. you're right if you just see it gliding stupid away you know Christine. little kid in healy's is doing that <laughs> um in 2001 during renovations human remains were found <gasps> in the upstairs walls which is oh my the, god where the brothel was shit forensics say that the charred bones were 70 years old and they're believed to have belonged to a teenage woman oh, or a younger woman sad they could belong to anyone but it's suspected to be the remains of 
Molly Brennan, who died. Okay, sure. That makes sense. And the basement here in, in the bar used to be a meetup spot or a hideout for the Capone brothers mm. with like all their mob wheelings and dealings. Mm-hmm. And during the renovations, Bob had the crew, the construction crew, use radar down there on the ground and they found two bodies buried under the concrete. <gasps> oh, no. Is that not the most like quintessential mob thing you've ever Literally. heard? That they just bury you in concrete. I love that Bob was the exact right person. I like made fun of him at first, but he's like on it. He's, he's like, like, I know something fucking happened. Yeah, here. he's Let's... like, we're gonna f- get to the bottom of this. Or also, like, I wonder, I wonder what his involvement was. I like to think if I found remains in a wall, we're checking every fucking we're wall now. Every wall. But I wonder if like the police got involved or something. I don't know. Yeah, it could be like a historical issue, like. Right, right, right. Um, so they found two bodies in the basement under concrete, and the police said that the burial was so old that digging it up felt unnecessary. Wow. Um, and so Bob just never recovered wow. the bodies, so they're, they're still just down, down there. there. Oh, that's dark. But to mark the spot, he put two plastic Halloween skeletons where they oh, are. Okay. So you know where the bodies are buried, which I feel like an X on the say, ground. There's a couple other ways you could mark without. You Honestly, know. you're a fucking cigar bar. You don't want to just put a, a table down there with two cigars for them. That's a great idea, Em. Like a like, just leave a like a cup of whiskey and just never touch it. Yeah, just let people let them have. Yeah, yeah. The Halloween props are a little, eh, but except for Halloween, I'm telling you, if I end up being like. <laughs> Wherever I end up, if someone would like to put a skeleton there to honor me, go for it. Yeah. And make well, the skeleton do funny things. We're definitely know? the exception. We'd be like, let's become a sideshow the second we die. <laughs> I would like my grave to be a sideshow one day. Absolutely. And you know I'm going to fulfill that. that wish if you die before me. <laughs> I, I hope so. Um, but so, yeah, they he marked the spot, at least, so people know where they are. And it's right in the corner of the basement. So it's not like it's, you know, too big skeleton props that are like you have to trip over every right day. right right they're in the corner so um anyway so this makes three confirmed deaths and three bodies remains in shakers i was gonna say it's not even like oh people died it's like their bodies are here yeah that's so disturbing um so now for the ghosts molly she is known to haunt the third floor especially the mm. penthouse where she worked um and it's now a hotel by the way the upstairs part is a hotel room and so guests actually have to sign a waiver just in case they have a haunting that they're uh, not going to sue the I was going to ask building. you if you would stay there. I feel like that's a little that's almost too on the like I would usually stay in any haunted place, but that feels a little I think I would be well it depends on assuming the ghosts are were just sex workers and um yeah people from before there was ever a building there. Yeah, I would. But if the spirits are like Mobsters. mobsters i think i don't want to be part of that <laughs> i don't want to like be harmed but i feel like if i were like in a room where like sex work happened i would just go in and be like super respectful and be like i'm not here to you want to just like hang out and watch tv or something that's chill but like tv <laughs> not like nothing we're not going any further than that so that's you fair. are welcome to feel safe here and i want to feel safe here so um but if it was like p- someone who wants to apparently throw me into a wall like no i don't want <laughs> to bury you under like the that. concrete right yeah. yeah um 
So people also, I guess because of all the dark stuff that happened there, people will hear crying on the third floor. Um, Plus the TVs and the lights turn on and off by themselves. On the TV, like the channels and the volume will change on their own. People have been grabbed there, especially when they're sleeping. Yeah, see, that's why I'm saying I don't know about this. (laughs) But also I wonder if that's like in a dangerous way being grabbed or if it's like in a sex worker way they thought you're supposed to approach but here's the thing i don't care if someone grabs me in my sleep i'm like that's a good point no matter what the intention is i'm like who grabbed me in my sleep that's a fair point i wonder in my mind i just feel like if i go into a room and i like state my boundaries first yeah I i feel like i'm probably safer and i feel like if i knew again what ghost was there if i was getting grabbed and i knew there was at least like yeah that's no fair. threat i would be more inclined to be okay with that's fair there. that makes sense because i'd be like no 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 <laughs> we don't do that we just we no, just no, don't no. do that um so people get grabbed especially in their sleep which i wonder whenever a place was formerly a brothel i wonder what um the stats are of like how often men are being touched compared to women yeah interesting I've heard other places where, like, oh, the men especially, like, someone's going to rub your back, someone's going to try to touch your hair, yeah. and you're going to smell perfume. So I would be interested about that. Me but too. People also hear speaking, but usually out of context, they'll just hear, like, a random phrase. I like um, that. That's my kind of haunting, where you're like, ooh, what does it mean? What's the drama, girl? What's spill? the drama? Yeah. <laughs> um, but they'll just hear, like, either mumbling or voices as if they're picking up on old conversation. People will see shadow figures and guests will have their items moved, especially like odds and ends like jewelry, Mm. shoes, apparently, especially move on their own and then reappear in odd places. Well, Um, they are Heelys, so they they will they will roll. You have to be careful. If someone can go to that bar and leave one light up shoe, one Heely, (laughs) one wedge and one one wedge. (laughs) I'm trying to think like and then like a random boring one. Yeah, Um, just a flat. I would love to see which one gets moved first on its own, like as a test, you know? Yeah. What's your favorite shoe? And if then it's just not like, the Healy, I'm going to be really upset. It would have to be a Healy, especially a if a Healy. little eight-year-old girl haunts that place. Yeah. Or like a tap shoe, because you can make noise with it. Oh, no. That's all we need. The ghost with tap shoes. And you know what the sick part is? That eight-year-old ghost would never let that shoe reappear. You would oh, just right. hear it tapping for the rest of time. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's mine now. <laughs> um items can be uh knocked off dressers and tables if they're not just moving or disappearing on their own activity has been so high in the past that people leave in the middle of the night and things allegedly don't get too wild until 3 a.m so you're right until 259 folks um apparently less people have been fleeing in the night because the bar slash hotel has been getting more experienced investigators recently so instead of people running there's now more people leaning into this i see and they've realized the most active spot is the basement where there is a very deep cistern which i hadn't even mentioned yet oh um or a well essentially uh, it's in the basement, and the theory is that the Capones used to throw bodies down there. Oh, shit. Which is wild. Like, did you throw them down, or did you bury them in concrete, or did you do both? I was gonna say, maybe they just ran out of room, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, otherwise, I'm like, how do you decide? And, like, which maybe one's worse? Maybe they both had their own method, you know? Like, Ooh. each of them. 
Yeah, I would think if you're running a, a mob-owned speakeasy and you have a well, nothing good has ever. What come do we out think is well. happening in that well? You know, clean what do we water, think or what do we know? No. What do we know? <laughs> um. So about this well. The well is now covered with a grate that has metal bars so that nobody else can accidentally be, be thrown down there. Um, but it used to be fully covered. So it wasn't a grate that you could see through. It was oh, just I see. A, a slab. Yeah. But apparently when that was around, the basement ghosts got so aggressive. <gasps> Why? Which is so weird because I don't understand. Is but... it like they're like trapped down there now? So that's what they think, that oh. the spirits felt trapped like they'd never be found again or they couldn't oh, see the world again. Oh, and that is kind of ominous to put a big slab over. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So anyway, the staff changed the solid grate to one with bars and activity did die down, which okay. is weird. How they even like, I wouldn't have even have put those two things together that it was associated with the grate. Yeah. Um. So in the early... 2000s one of the servers was dating a guy who claimed to be very spiritually sensitive and he said that in the basement he felt an an entity named o'connor oh um and ever since then i guess this guy's been called o'connor whether or not that's his name so fun fact the basement is known to be where most tour guides that are women get assaulted presumably (gasps) by o'connor but also this is again where we're talking about maybe these are ghosts from the brothel time you know sure. or from the speakeasy time so but women sure do get assaulted down there <laughs> they sure do sure do um o'connor is i can't i think just the name they slap onto this entity now okay and he is known to pull women's hair he's known to slap their butts grab their butts oh, be no. very hostile towards women um on one tour, there was a woman who was the tour guide. She called O'Connor a lazy Irish bastard, <gasps> which not to victim blame here, but what were you thinking? What and then immediately she gets forcefully happen? pushed into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, I feel like she told someone to record before she said that. Just so I hope so. It. Like for On content. Camera. Yeah. Like, girl, you work here. You know better girl. than that. <laughs> uh so this entity is very hostile towards women especially blondes and redheads okay um he's also very active during investigations and is very quick to react and communicate with equipment he has said he's said to have been seen before and when he has been seen he is in confederate regalia so excellent (laughs) just to add to the charm winner um they think he might be an irish immigrant who fought in the civil war and he this is super super weird he was also seen on an infrared camera standing in the basement in the corner where the two bodies are buried (gasps) he's like i did this yeah right i wonder if he's like these are or i wonder if it's like or he's one of or it's one of the bodies right true wait that's a great point the which makes me wonder why the other one isn't showing up like did he do something to the other ghost if maybe the other one has moved on hmm the basement also has very nasty, dark vibes. If you're a cop, I guess probably because of like the mobster spirits hate it. Oh, true. They, they can smell it on you. Yeah. Isn't that weird? So many places where if you're an officer and the place used to be a place that like would get busted. Yep. Those ghosts fucking hate you. Yeah. You're, and, like, you're screwed. You got you. They can send like it doesn't even matter if you're off duty. They can smell it on you. And it, at that, but I, then I get 
confused too because like why are there mobsters that are haunting this place wouldn't it be the bodies that the mobsters killed here well i bet you they're sometimes one and the same right like Mm. they killed each other that's a great point didn't even think about that so yeah then no i don't think i would stay here if there's clearly aggressive people you know what i mean yeah Yeah. well you are a cop so (laughs) (laughs) uh Ain't that the truth? If I'm a cop, it, it's like a Paul Patrol cop. I was um, gonna say the world will probably fall into a million pieces, but anyway. <laughs> so um, apparently, people who have to deliver beer to the bar, oh, they God. sometimes have to go down to the basement alone to. They like, better get the king's treatment, okay? Because they're delivering beer to the former speakeasy. Well, so a lot of them apparently feel such dread in that oh. basement that they will drop it off not unload anything they'll just leave their own equipment and fucking leave they'll run what oh no i thought they'd get like the special treatment you would think but also Mm. like if you work there and you know how scary it is like maybe i wonder whose job it actually is to unload the beer in the basement or if everyone's just like pulling short straws of like hopefully they do it hopefully a new person comes and unloads beer because they won't know and we don't have to deal with it yeah i will send them down it almost feels like if the basement is this sinister, like just find storage Put on the, the second beer floor. Somewhere else. I had one friend growing up, and her basement was so haunted. Uh oh. She refused to go in that basement. I'd been in her house a million times in my life, and she was like, "I'll never go down there." And M, you know, M was like, "No, let's just go down real quick. Let's just." Look. Yeah, I was, you know but she M was, she was like scared, scared, and I was like, "Oh, if you're not, if you're, you live here, and you don't even want to do it, then oh, like I'm not I get the it. message, yeah." <laughs> Excuse me. (gasps) Yawn break. (laughs) Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? Maybe your child is too shy to ask questions in front of the entire class, but they can get extra help and positive feedback with IXL Learning. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. This program will improve your kids' grades. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. And one subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make, and a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Additionally, IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And and That's Why We Drink listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com drink. Visit IXL.com drink to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month, they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com slash drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. So in the basement, there's a door leading to the storage room in the basement. Okay. The door down there 
will knock on its own and shake violently and it gives off the illusion that it looks like someone is trapped down there ew i don't like that plus the door's latch is bent outward as if someone on the other side is pushing <gasps> to force themselves out ew so this door is being shaken so violently that it's breaking that's i mean wild and there's nothing in there they'll open the door no one's in there that's freaky uh <laughs> here's one i was trying to figure out i leave an acronym every now and then in front of my notes Yeah, i know so that no. about you <laughs> like ff means fun fact yeah i didn't know what this one meant a h h but it's actually just ah oh. so <laughs> <laughs> i was like american horror star oh okay it's just screaming it's just for me to tell you, oh, this is a scary one. <laughs> um, I got so the message, one of the tour the guides there, his name's David, and he had to go down to the basement and he saw a 400 pound safe down there that had moved itself to the middle of the room Ew! facing the staircase. Ah! I get the I get the A-H-H now. Well, you'll really get it now because he sees the safe had moved on its own. 400 pounds is now facing the staircase. As he's looking at it, he gets an out-of-body experience. What? While standing there staring at the safe, he realizes that he is now on the other side of the room looking at himself staring, <gasps> at, staring at the safe. As he's watching himself from the other side of the basement, whatever body he must be taking over to be looking at himself or whatever is happening he then realizes that in this in this point of view where he's looking at himself staring at the safe he without being able to control himself starts sprinting at his own body <gasps> oh my god <laughs> this is so scary so whatever took him over started running that's at horrifying and he could see it from this thing's perspective he suddenly snaps out of it as this thing's sprinting at him that he can't see in real time. Uh, and he runs up the stairs before he can find out what it was that was charging him. I would him. never go back down there. Forget it. So, like, so was that thing, I mean, it must have intentionally taken him over just to freak him out? Or, like, they tapped into one another. That's so weird. I yeah, wonder if... I wonder, my feeling is, like, there was probably an entity down there messing with the safe, whatever. And then he walked in and somehow his consciousness, like, yeah, like, like Bluetooth with each other. Yeah, Bluetooth yeah. connection. Uh, or it was really intentionally sinister. Or either that, way. Or that. I like the idea of like Bluetooth and Heelys, Bluetooth and Heelys. <laughs> um, so guests have experienced a lot here, but the scariest thing is that just people in general feel in danger when they're here um many people have left because of this and that's both in the basement and i guess in their own rooms at night um but like i said more people are coming knowing what's to happen because they know that it's haunted mm -hmm. um so i i mean i think the only people who are willing to stay are either people who have no idea or someone who has every idea right so, right 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 Shakers is listed among America's most haunted bars oh. with nearly 10,000 people a year coming on their ghost tours. <gasps> Whoa, that's a lot. And there's um, seemingly ghost encounters happening nonstop here. So if you are in Milwaukee and you need a spooky time, 
um shaker cigar bar i'd like to think that during halloween they like really amp it up you know i mean he has those two skeletons you know he bought more at the halloween store when he bought those i I wonder if he's upgraded from like the ten dollar plastic spirit halloween ones ones to like yeah yeah something like like a cast iron skeleton or something oh lord (laughs) he's got them custom made i know anyway uh sounds like a good place if you want to be haunted i mean you know everyone's i do got a, everyone's got a thing that happens to them there so i uh i would go there with you em i'd go with there with you and you i would go. leave there with you too and I, would, <laughs> I would leave there without you no offense <laughs> <laughs> either way i'm leaving yeah um that sounds like a delight i would go let's go when do we get to go to milwaukee next no clue but i want to be there so okay <laughs> we can try it it's it's like an eight hour drive from my house so we could go cash it's like an eight hour flight to you and then an eight hour drive it's there it's easy we could be there in a day. We That's could what be I'm there hearing. in 16 hours. <laughs> I'm right, right now I'm in Virginia, so it would just be like eight hours hour for both flight. of us. Yeah. I, we could be there by dinner. What if you showed up at my door? So what if right now we decided to hang out tonight? Wouldn't that be wild? I know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> also, it would be so stupid because I literally am like checking in for my flight today. So. I literally got on Google Maps just to see just in case for fun. But how you're right. You it? are you are leaving. Hang on. Let me let me type if in I your address. If I were not leaving, I would absolutely drag you over here today. Hang on. I'm typing in your address to see how far of a drive you are from my house to your house. We are 383 miles from each other or eight hours and 25 minutes. That's doable in a day. That's that's a road trip. As far it's as an easy concerned. road trip, you know. Well, okay. Just saying, <laughs> you want to help me pack? <laughs> uh, if I didn't have to round trip, make it a seventeen-hour situation. Fair point. Fair point. Yes. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, you could healy back. That probably would be faster. You could healy down the freeway. Can you imagine me just holding onto the back of someone's I truck? Can, in I my absolutely healies? can. That's the worst me too. part. <laughs> I literally have healies. Um, I know you do. I thought that, and then I was like, maybe I invented that. But no, you do. I, I'm not athletic or coordinated at anything, but I actually am a pretty fucking good healier. Well, yeah, and you're good at segueing. I can't segue, so like you're clearly. I've got a balance situation cap- going yes, on. Yes, you're good at balance. Have you ever paddleboarded? Uh, yes, and I did not fall, but my legs actually, whatever muscles you use to paddleboard, were atrophied, <laughs> and like <laughs> my legs were like shaking. Yeah. Like, well, I figured I, it out. I but... paddleboarded for 0.03 seconds because I stood up and I couldn't. E- I didn't even stand up before I was already falling. So <laughs> that's how my balance. But to be fair, it was in the ocean, so it was like uh, that's really a, that's crazy. But yeah, I don't I've only think done I it could, in a river. I don't think I could do it and like anywhere. I have no balance. So I I did it with my mom for Mother's Day one time, and she picked the day that we had a tor- a severe tornado watch. Um, oh my lord. <laughs> And so as we were out there, the view was incredible, like, but sure it looked why I like was shaking. I'm like, yeah, because a tornado was probably coming your way. It looked like an apocalypse. And halfway through, um, we ended up having to stop because like the mm. storm was very much coming in. Um, I don't know what your weather's like, and I know you're in a basement, so you probably can't see, but are you in a basement? Or no, you're just uh, in your closet. I, I used to be in a basement when I came here, and now I have upgraded to the guest room. Oh, quit bragging. Um, I'm, I'm, that's Elisa Lampanelli. She says it all the time. She's always like, quit bragging and when it's like something like really unpleasant. She said that to me when I told her I had a headache. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. It's a great line. Um, but I don't know if you can see, but at least 
I know we're like 300 miles apart, but now in my head we're neighbors, but there's like definitely <laughs> a storm brewing out here. I'm looking outside and it is ominous. So I wonder if she flew over to you because last night we had a storm. Oh, the, oh, probably. Hmm. By the way, seeing rain and as a West Coaster, I cried a little bit. <laughs> I was going to was... say, I, I always tell you when it's storming here so you can kind of get the, well, usually you're just mad that I told you, but um I but love a storm. I know. So I was hoping maybe you got the same experience. Um, yeah, it looks it looks creepy. And it's perfect because I have a creepy story for you, Em. Nice segue there. Thank you. You know, you're Segu. the segue master, but every now and then I can get a sagu in there. <laughs> um, so this is the story of Sherry Papini. Okay. Do you know this one at all? Mm-mm. But a fun name. Yeah. Blaze was like, oh, I know the story. And I was like, what? Oh, I love when he just delivers out of nowhere. I just never know what to do. I'm like, okay, fine. Have you talked to Fake Blaze about it? Maybe he can do something. Uh, you know what? I've ignored him pretty extensively for most of our relationship, but maybe now. <laughs> but you were going to say like, no, because I don't have the first signs of severe mental oh, illness. Oh, but... I have. Well, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> Wink. Okay. This is the story of Sherry Papini. <laughs> Um, and it is a doozy. So let's start from the beginning. Keith and Sherry Papini, they were childhood friends. Um, they actually had their first kiss in the seventh grade together. And they would write notes to each other in middle school. And he actually kept them all Aww. the way till he was a grown up. And why did I say it like that? He was a grown up. <laughs> uh, he was a grown up. What's wrong with me? Okay. Uh, when they reconnected as adults... Keith dug out the box of old notes and said, look, Sherry, what I still have from like decades ago in middle school. And Aww. they fell for each other after years apart. How could you not? I would melt. You would, would be, be done. Like, like it would I'd be, be like, please. If anyone needs like a formula, that's it uh, to get M on board. <laughs> Just keep all of your garbage until <laughs> what, something that associates to be back fair, to me. I, I do keep all of my garbage. So one day <laughs> when we reconnect in the nursing home, I will win your heart. I know it. Thank you. Um, so Sherry's sister, Sheila, said that Keith and Sherry did these sort of like cutesy things. I mean, God, this is like M stream for each other that you'd like see on TV or read in a novel, like leave little notes and all that. Um, and they had like kind of a what people called a fairy tale romance um, and got married in 2009. So they moved into the house that Keith had grown up in, his childhood home in Redding, California, which is in the foothills of the Cascade Mountains, and they had two children. They had a son named Tyler and a daughter named Violet. So Sherry was a very active stay-at-home mom. Um, she was doting. She was very involved, always coming up with, like, activities and, you know, taking the kids everywhere to their extracurriculars. And Keith worked uh, as an audio-video specialist at Best Buy. Mm -hmm. So people considered Cherry a super mom and a super wife. She had the energy to do everything. She woke up at 6 a.m. and like filled the kids days with activities. She meal prepped. She cleaned. She ran errands. She baked. She cooked food. She was like the quintessential like mom figure, you know, super mom. Mm -hmm. So Keith uh, was also a super husband. Uh, Sheila said everyone could only hope that their loved ones could find a husband as loving and dedicated as Keith. Um, he came home from work and, you know, the kids ran to him and he took over while Sherry made dinner. They just had a very good balanced relationship. 
So on November 2nd, 2016, Keith was leaving for work at 6.50 a.m. and Sherry went to go check on Violet. He gave his wife a kiss and a hug and left for work. But when Keith got home that afternoon, things felt off. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So usually when he opened the door, both kids who were like four and two, I believe, would run to the door to greet their dad when he got home. And Keith called it their family snuggles. And they did this every day after work. But when he opened the door, the house was silent. So he started looking around for his family uh, inside, in the yard, but there was no sign of them anywhere. Um, And he wasn't quite panicked yet. Uh, He and Sherry had Find My Friends on. So he was able to check Sherry's location. And according to the app, she was at their mailbox. Now, their mailbox was kind of farther down the road from their home, like a mile away. So it's not like you can just glance out the window and and see the mailbox. It's further down. They're kind of in like a rural area. So Keith assumed like, okay, well, they must have gone on a walk and she took the kids with her. Uh, And so he hopped back into uh, the car and went to go check. Uh, She was not there, which was Mm. odd. And her car was still in the driveway, by the way. So he was like, okay, she's not driving with the kids anywhere so he thought you know hopped in her car went to check if they were on a walk they were not there very very odd Mm -hmm. so keith called his mom who hadn't heard from her either and he started to get more and more worried he called his kids daycare and said hey i'm wondering what time sherry picked the kids up and the person on the other end was confused and said sherry never picked the kids up they Mm -hmm. are still here and so now he's really freaked out. Uh, this is not something that has ever happened. She's never left the kids at daycare. Uh, and in that moment, Keith was like, "This something bad has happened. Yeah. So yeah. he starts looking for Sherry's phone because he has the app and it says it's right here. And he finds Sherry's phone lying on the side of the road near the mailbox. <gasps> I mean, oh my God. that's when my blood runs cold. Oh, my God. The headphones were still plugged into it. Oh, God. Well, that tells you everything you need. Yeah. And there was some blood on the cord of the headphones and some pieces of Sherry's hair tangled in the headphones. (gasps) Oh, God. Yeah. Disturbing. Mm. So Keith now is in a full panic. He calls 911. He insists something is wrong. um, And he later told interviewers, I knew she was taken. So she had been training for a 5K race. Uh, So he suspected, based on the phone's location um, and the headphones, that she had been kidnapped while she was jogging. Now, this Mm -hmm. is like a kind of irrelevant but fun fact for you. Um, Apparently, she was really into Michael Buble. And their wedding song was, um, oh, my gosh, I forget. Was Uh, it Everything? Was I think that's it. Yes. Oh, that's my favorite song of his. Uh, everything and the f- so she always played it to run to, and Aww. when he picked up the phone, that song was still playing and it was on a loop, like on repeat. <gasps> oh, that's so heartbreaking! Isn't that disturbing? Oh uh, my that, god, that detail like really got me. Um, what's I think it is everything. I I don't want to. Yeah, I think it is everything. Um, And so, like, very, very alarming. Um, Clearly, it looked like she had been kidnapped while she was out for a jog because he knew she was training for a 5K. Um, And so I kind of love this fact about him. He actually took photos of the phone on the ground before touching it. So smart. Which I was like, that's fucking genius. Like, you see so many stories where it's just like, 
uh, oh, they messed up, you know, because of course, because yeah. you're in a panic. But like the fact that he had the wherewithal to do that, I kind of love. So Keith now calls Sherry's sister, Sheila, and Sheila remembers falling to the ground and crying, then telling her husband Sherry had been abducted. And she mm. was just in a panic. She was like, I don't know if I'll ever see my little sister again. Everyone is getting really worked up so police contacts sherry's friends and family they're trying to piece together clues about her day before she vanished they checked neighborhood surveillance cameras they checked in motels they checked hospitals in case maybe like she had gotten injured uh they contacted her ex who lived out of state but he hadn't heard from her in over six years mm. and so any any type of tip that is coming in they're following but the tips lead nowhere so Keith, like just not knowing what else to do, reaches out to the mayor and he was able to speak at a city council meeting to ask the community for help. And it didn't occur to Keith right away that he would be the prime suspect because, you know, the husband did it is usually the refrain. And right. p police were thinking, um, oh, well, uh, you know, he took photos of the phone on the ground and that was just, you know, it. It seemed like too on the nose for being a good sure. witness or being a good um, part of the investigation. They were like, this seems a little staged. Like, it seems, you know, maybe he uh, killed her while the kids were at school and then faked an abduction. Right, um, right, right. So that's what they're thinking. So they start questioning Keith about some arrangements he and Sherry had over text before she went missing. So Keith had said when Sherry got angry at him, she regularly sent angry texts and threatened mm. to take the kids and leave. He said he hated confrontation. So Sherry would always up the ante in the arguments to like get to him mm -hmm. by like just escalating until We're she trying to reacted. like egg him on to yes, have a reaction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He said he knew their arguments would look surprisingly aggressive via text from the outside. Um, but he was like, I swear I had nothing to do with this. And even Sherry's family said they didn't consider Keith had done something for a second. Um, they were that confident in their relationship and they thought there's no way Keith could be involved in this. Well, also, like if his alibi or like if the thing that was if he killed her, if he killed her. And the narrative looked like, oh, well, they had a tumultuous relationship and they were sending angry, threatening texts to each other. Why would he plant a phone that looked like it was on loop of their wedding song? You True. Know, like, it, like, wouldn't it be a song like, I hate my husband? <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't it not be that? Wait. Because wouldn't he want it to look like they had no, no drama? I guess so, yeah. But I don't know. I feel like if when you then also like while you're at it, delete her text. Yes. That make it look really bad for you. Yes. I feel like um, I, I, that's a fair point. Yes. If you were going to do it properly, quote unquote, which is the worst word to use yeah. in this scenario. Yeah, probably you would. Um, and so uh, but yeah, so Sherry's family's like, there's no way it's Keith. Like they he loves her. He cares for her. He's a great dad and a great husband. So Keith volunteered to take a poly polygraph test and he surrendered his phone. His computer records was like very, uh, what's the word? Um, cooperative. Cooperative. Thank you. And he passed the polygraph um, and handed everything over. So he's not looking very guilty. Uh, but in the meantime, while this is all going on, Sherry's disappearance has become breaking international news. 
international. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably just like, oh, a pretty blonde mom of two gets abducted from the side of the road in like a nice neighborhood. You know, it just has all the trappings sure. of like easily consumable sure. <laughs> crime media. Um, and so at this point, investigators still aren't like there's no concrete proof that she was abducted, but her kidnapping, quote unquote, was all over social media. So whether they had announced that it was officially kidnapping or not, that's kind of what every uh, everybody went with online. Um, oh, here we go. This is actually the quote I was probably really poorly uh, butchering. This is the host of a show on Oxygen named Abby Schreiber. And she said, Sherry fit the profile of who the media and the public often care about when it comes to missing people. She was white. She was blonde. She seemed to have this perfect life, the perfect marriage, perfect children. And then like the unthinkable happens. So that's that's why it became such a media sensation. Um, speaking of which, the FBI got involved immediately. Um, which I was kind of surprised by. Yeah. And within hours of Keith's 911 call, police launched a massive search effort with officers and volunteers. People were scouring the woods, the creeks, the back roads, the ditches. No stone went unturned, um, but there was no sign of Sherry whatsoever. They were putting up missing posters all around town. There were even billboards. And locals started tying yellow ribbons around the trees, like, you know, to come home, like, safe return, come home. Um, and the Papinis were themselves pretty private people they didn't really use social media but keith kind of went out of his comfort zone and started appearing on tv to try and bring awareness to the case and keep the case in people's minds mm. um you know he would say i'll do anything to bring her home please bring her home uh and their son tyler at this point was only four and violet was two and uh the Papini's friends and family cared for the kids around the clock but Poor little four-year-old Tyler could tell something was wrong. And one day, Tyler asked about his mom, and he told Keith, Dad, you can tell me anything. <laughs> He's four. Oh. I know. It breaks my heart. So Keith told his son that Sherry went outside, and they didn't know where she was. Mm. Mm. Tyler asked if they were looking for her. Keith said that the whole world was looking for her, and they were going to find her and bring her home. So Keith's mind at this point is racing. Um, he wonders if whoever took Sherry was feeding her, like if she's still alive. You know, right, I mean, there's right. just a million questions. Um, he said he wondered if she was too hot or too cold, which like makes me cry. Oh. And meanwhile, police weren't calling it an abduction yet because officially there was no evidence beyond the phone on the side of the road. But Sherry's family knew someone had taken her. So I mean, I guess that makes me Sherry's family because it's obviously <laughs> an abduction. Like, it's like there's blood and hair on it and like yeah. it got yanked out of her head. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no sight of her, sign of her. So search efforts started to kind of wane, uh, but Sherry's and Keith's family kept looking. Keith was desperate enough that he started considering psychics. And one day he saw birds circling overhead. This is like where you realize like how dark it must be to be in this position. He saw birds circling and he realized like, oh, maybe they're birds of prey and there's a body that they're above. Mm. So yeah. he that's where his mind is. He's just like in constant panic mode. Sure. Um, and it's getting difficult at this point for him to hold on to hope, but he keeps pushing. Um, the Papinis launch a GoFundMe account and raised just about $50,000 to fund greater search efforts. And then something like there was a weird twist in this story that like I was not expecting when an anonymous donor for the GoFundMe 
suggested that the Papinis offer a ransom to Sherry's abductors for her safe return. Now, this is like apparently this this <laughs> businessman who was anonymous. He was like traveling through the area when he saw Keith on TV and he was like so moved by the story that he offered what they called for like the opposite of a ransom, like a a backwards ransom where like they would pay the criminals to bring her back. Okay. L like they offer the ransom rather than Is there a word for that? I no, they they said something. I'm trying to remember. I listened to a case file episode on this the other day. Um and a reverse ransom is what they called it. Uh, oh. But this okay. is like not a thing. It's like just something this guy kind of came up with. Um and it was a little odd because he's just this wealthy businessman and he's anonymous. Um but you know they went with it and they said i mean i would do it too if if someone i loved went missing i'd be like i will pay you to bring her back like i'll yeah. do yeah but this was like a random dude like it just oh in sorry. town in town for work so it was kind of like huh who is yeah. this guy okay so this anonymous donor, he suggests the Papinis offer like a reverse ransom to Sherry's abductors for her safe return. And they said the abductor should contact the professional negotiator uh, whose name was Cameron Gamble. Now, Cameron Gamble was a retired military airman who made his living training soldiers, police officers and citizens how to avoid being captured and how to escape if they are captured. So. They're saying now this money's going to go toward this this guy, and he's going to help us find Sherry. So in a 2016 interview, he showed ABC his training warehouse where he built kidnap simulators, which is like my worst nightmare. Uh, it's like really intense escape room sort of, but it's like oh. you're being abducted and you're you're training how to get out of the situation, which is scarier than any haunted house, in my opinion. Yeah. So on November 18th, this negotiator posted a video to YouTube stating that he had been contacted by someone regarding Sherry's case who wished to remain anonymous. This is this like businessman. He introduced himself as, quote, an international kidnap and ransom consultant. And he addressed the abductors and said, I don't know your motive. I don't know who you are. And I don't care. We care about getting Sherry back. Mm. So now they're roping in these kind of professionals to try and. Take, take a new angle at it on november 23rd he posted another video this time he said the world has been looking for you sherry papini and now the world is going to be looking for you whoever you are mm. to the abductors he told the abductors that the ransom was no longer an option so there was actually a three-day period where the businessman said if you don't bring her back in three day three days i'm pulling this and by the way the the sum like the ransom was a mystery six figure sum that's okay. all that's all that he said but after three days when they didn't get sherry home this like mystery businessman left town and said that that money was now going toward the reward to to the public to find sherry okay he said he wanted to make the reward so tempting that even the abductor's own mother would turn them in. Holy crap. So the sheriff and others, the police, and a lot of people in the public were not thrilled with this. They were like, this seems like a publicity stunt. Like, it almost seemed like this hostage negotiator guy was, like, plugging his own business as part of this shtick. Like, it seemed kind of like a stunt. It's like a sponsored ransom. Yes, yes, 
Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That's the best way to put it. People were like, this is just really weird. Um, but Keith was like, I don't fucking care. Like, I just want to yeah. get my wife back. So I, I, give, I don't. Yeah, I give zero I shits. So on Thanksgiving Day, uh, it had been 22 years, 22 years, 22 days since her disappearance. Keith gets a phone call. It's the police. And they say, we have found Sherry. Okay. I'm skeptical. She told the police officers that her abductors had dropped her off in the middle of nowhere on a rural road. She was bound with a chain around her waist. Uh, her left hand was chained inside the vehicle so she couldn't run. Her abductors had put a bag over her head. And at one point, the abductors pulled over, cut her loose, pushed her out of the vehicle, and sped away. So she used her free hand to get the bag off her head, which ended up being a pillowcase, and taken her surroundings. She had no idea where she was, so she ran to the closest house, but uh, nobody answered. So she tried a nearby building, which was locked and empty. Finally, she ran toward the interstate, and she started to wave the pillowcase around to flag down a driver. Yeah. Turns out Sherry was in Yolo County, California, which was 150 miles from her home. And most people just drove past while she kind of screamed on the side of the road for help. Sure. Yeah. Uh, she was like, maybe having chains on me made me look like I had escaped from prison or I don't know. She she wasn't sure. So she tried to kind of hide the chains and she's waving this pillowcase around. Finally, several people stopped to help Sherry and somebody called 911 and they all described her as frantic. So uh. the, yeah, exactly. The 911 operator asked to speak to Sherry and on the phone she sounded desperate. She cried and begged for the operator to call her husband. She's hyperventilating. Um, authorities told each other over the radio that they were responding to an unknown medical problem and described Sherry as heavily battered and said she was the victim of some sort of an assault. So finally they get to Sherry. She's, you know, back in back in safety and they're asking questions and sherry says her abductor you know they're asking who who did this to you who took you and she tells officers that her abductors were two hispanic women in a dark suv officers said that in california that's a very extremely common profile to hispanic women so sherry says the abductors were always wearing bandanas that covered uh you know, everything but their eyes. So she could not tell what they really looked like, except that she heard them speaking Spanish often and she did not speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. She could only say that one of them had dark curly hair and that the younger one had dark straight hair and she believed they were sisters. They held her at gunpoint, forced her into their vehicle. And uh, I guess she said that she tossed her phone at the last second as like a clue to anyone looking for smart. Her. Yeah. Um, with such a broad description, many Hispanic Latina women feared being profiled and blamed for this crime as like people were out on a hunt for these, Ugh, you know, yeah. people. So, of course, now there were like warnings to people in the area, like, don't if you fit this profile at all, don't leave in pairs because like you'll right. stand out, like, you know, try to stay indoors, stay out of sight, which is really sad. And so once Sherry was safe in a hospital, authorities called Keith. And when he picked it up, there was an officer on the line telling him to remain calm. Um, but he heard Sherry in the background screaming Keith's name. So mm. he was like, holy shit, she's here and she's alive. Keith talked to Sherry very briefly, then said, I'm coming and sped to the hospital to see her. 
She was extremely emotional. She wouldn't answer any questions until she saw Keith. And uh, she just kept telling police, I want to see someone I know and trust. So an officer walked Keith to Sherry's room and told him to prepare himself and remain calm because of Sherry's shocking physical state. So Sherry's face was covered in deep, violent bruises. Her long hair had been cut off, just like kind of hacked off. Um, she said her abductors had starved her and she, she had weighed 105 pounds. She's five foot three. And now she only weighed 87. <gasps> so she had lost oh my God. a lot of weight. Uh, how, how, how long was she gone again? 22 days. Oh my God. Yeah. After 22 days, I would have assumed they were dead. Oh, for sure. I feel like it was, it's shocking to me that they found her alive. Oh my God. I know. Um, and so What's more is that the abductors had branded her shoulder with some letters, and apparently it was the word Exodus, which she described as a disturbing Bible passage. Mm. She also had burn marks on her arm. Was this like some sort of like initiation, like a cult thing or like a... So the assumption immediately was human trafficking. Okay. Yeah. And so that was, and that was one of the theories when she was missing that maybe she had been taken. And, you know, usually human trafficking victims are much younger, but since she was so small and slim, like, you know, maybe from the back, she looked younger than she was. Some of her friends said she could probably pass for 18, even though she was like 30 something. So maybe that's, maybe it was a mistake and they thought she was younger than she was, but that was the running theory at this point. So Keith took Sherry in his arms and held her. She cried and said, I thought I was never going to see you again. And in her interview with Keith by her side, she told investigators that her abductors said they were selling her to a buyer who requested that she be branded. Mm. So that was uh, the explanation for the brand. And when she was talking to her husband, he was like, you need to tell police what happened. And she said, I can't talk to police because they were part of this. <gasps> and he's like, what? And she tells her husband, the buyer that was going to buy me was a cop. Mm. And he wanted this brand on me. She said that the two women who branded her kept taunting her, telling her that the news said she ran away, that no one was looking for her. Um, she said when she was confronted at gunpoint, she ripped her own hair out and had left it on the side of the road as like a, a message to Keith. The two of them really are meant to be together because she left clues and he knew not to and he do anything like, but take pictures. A clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith said he felt nauseated looking at Sherry, thinking about what she'd been through. Um, she told Keith at one point that she rolled up a piece of cloth and uh, rocked it, pretending it was violet to comfort oh herself. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's really dark. In the 2016 ABC special, uh, reporters and a former FBI profiler considered suspects like cults, like you said, uh, local meth dealers, sex offenders. They addressed online rumors that um, so people now uh, were starting rumors that this was just a big hoax by either the couple themselves or by this hostage negotiator guy. Like this was some sort of giant, like what a funny hoax. What a funny hoax. 
Um, and if it were a hoax, reporters were like, I don't know, she was pretty brutally assaulted. And uh, it's hard to imagine Keith could have like played along in such a genuine and horrified way, especially yeah. like having the two kids at home. I was to say involving the children. Yeah, oh, God. it's dark. And, you know, that made sense because Keith was not in on it. But M, it was a Tell hoax. <gasps> what? No, it wasn't. Sherry. Tell, us, tell the story again. You didn't do it right. <laughs> Sherry had created the entire thing. She, she had like some mental health issues or something? What? what, what Let's get that? into it. So a year into the investigation, Sherry was giving officers very little information. She acted like she was too deeply traumatized to discuss the details. Meanwhile, at home, Keith said she was jumpy. She got frightened easily by everyday noises. Uh, he told interviewers it would take a professional to, de to deal with her PTSD and he'd be there to support her recovery. But all along, Sherry was putting on an elaborate act that even her own husband didn't realize was phony. Funky. What a trip. Okay. What a trip. So soon investigators started questioning parts of Sherry's story that didn't quite make sense. So although both of her abductors were women, forensics only found DNA on her clothes that turned out to match a man. Oh, no. Now, this man was not in CODIS. Um, he was didn't have a criminal record, so they couldn't match him. And it took years uh, for them to kind of uncover who this guy was. Eventually, through genealogy testing, they were able to figure out who this man was, and his name was James Rays. And James Rays was Sherry's ex-boyfriend. Mm -hmm. The one who said he hadn't seen her in six weeks. He had not seen her in years. Yeah. Or six years. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if it was the same one. I will say I don't know if it was the same one. Oh, but okay. this okay. was an ex who said, I have not seen her in years. And... They used genetic genealogy. They said, hey, buddy, sorry, we have your DNA. So nice try. Um, they also discovered that Sherry had been in contact with several men in the days before her disappearance, and they were hidden in her phone contacts under women's names. <gasps> Very suspicious. Sneaky Sherry. I know. She had been texting one of the men for five years. His name was Donovan. And Donovan said that Sherry often told him Keith was violent and abusive toward her. She said that Keith kept her locked away in her house for weeks. And actually, they had met in Michigan on a when she was on a work trip six years earlier. And uh, they had spent the entire weekend together. And Donovan told police she did not tell me she was married during that time. He thought she mm. was single. So investigators tried to verify these reports with friends and family. Nobody agreed. They were like, Fuck no. Keith has never touched her. Sherry was a very independent woman. She did what she wanted. She wasn't locked away ever. Like she, even her own family was like, um, no, like this is not real. She did. She, she was not abused by Keith. She was not locked away by Keith. So investigators start scrutinizing uh, her whole story. And along with that, they start scrutinizing the identities of Sherry's alleged abductors. Mm -hmm. So Sherry lived in a primarily white community and in November 2016, in the midst of the presidential election, remember that? <laughs> no, what's that? <laughs> Good times. That was when. When we... are you going to talk about that true crime? <laughs> that was the dark days right before we started the podcast, November 2016. Um, 
so it was the midst of the presidential election and people in her neighborhood had become very vocally anti-Latino. Then a disturbing blog post came to light. And this was from her high school days. And she published it on a website called skinheads.com. Holy shit. Okay. Yes. And she had published it under her maiden name, Sherry Graff. So. Wasn't even trying to really hide it. No, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Okay. The title of her blog post was called Being Aware and Having Pride. Uh, okay. In this post, the author was homegirl. Uh, well, you keep going before I start making wild accusations. But I hear the word pride on a skinhead blog post, and I think I'm in the right direction. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's a one plus especially one equals when, two situation. Especially when she already claimed that oh, the bad people here are Latinos yep. that abducted me. Correct. Uh, so in this blog post written by Sherry Graff. Uh, The author claimed that in high school, her father had often been bullied by, quote, the Latinos. Allegedly, they hated him and called him a Nazi simply for being of German descent. So he had to stand up for himself against her constant harassment. The author also wrote that she, too, was frequently suspended for standing up to the Latinos. She wrote, quote, the chief problem was that I was drug free, white and proud of my blood and heritage. This really irked a group of Latino girls. Uh, Sherry insists that she did not write the blog post to this day. She says she did not write it. And she said uh, somebody made it up and put it, put her name on it to make her look bad. And she said it gave her a yucky feeling. Okay. (laughs) So they tried to figure out if there was a way to trace who wrote it. Uh, but they couldn't, they couldn't do it through like an IP address or anything. No, because it had been written so it was 2003, um, oh. and so it was it was long too long ago to be able to trace where it came from. Uh, Sherry tried to get it taken down, saying someone was trying to frame her as a racist. Uh, but regardless of whether or not she wrote the post, she, like you said, relied on stereotypes of Latino people in her interviews with investigators, uh, despite claiming her abductors wore masks to hide their identities. And remember, these abductors were not real. So like at this point. Right. So she just made everyone a target in town. She made new characters up and she told police that one of the women, quote, wore those big hoop earrings and one of the women had thin drawn in eyebrows. Uh, She described one of them as having hairy arms uh, and she described them wearing bandanas. She was basically like creating this idea of like a quote unquote threatening Latina woman as like a white lady. She's creating this. And one of the things that stuck out to me that they mentioned in the case file episode was that when she was describing how she had been uh, locked away and, you know, all this, she said, and they would play this real she said you know that really loud annoying mexican music she's talking <gasps> about mariachi oh my god and she said they would just blast that all day long it's like she's so she's she's okay and she's, also you know what's so weird too is the um she ends up doing the reverse of what i was talking about earlier with the putting her wedding song on loop to make it look like their yes. relationship was good Versus maybe him trying to plant it to make it look like the relationship was good. Yes, it was sort of like, yes, it was sort of like she wanted to be like, it wasn't my husband. I was abducted by these. So, uh, right. So by, dark haired so like, strangers. These people she's trying to get revenge on for 
being mean to her dad apparently or something um so how did she lose all that weight she just stopped eating she just 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 said to, just, for, like, the, cut, for the for the bit i'm gonna lose 30 pounds in 30 days well wait till i tell you how she broke her own nose <gasps> oh yeah she was covered in bruises and shit mm-hmm. oh my god wow remember the brand <gasps> oh <laughs> no wait what's the verse is the verse something fucking so all it said was exodus which is like a book of the bible so it's not like even a verse like i, just, I didn't know I... if it was like you know how deuteronomy is like one of the more problematic yeah, so ones so it is it is in the old testament so it is definitely like one of the old timey creepy ones like i it, was worried it was like a racist uh, I mean, it might be actually I, uh, I i don't know that's a great point um all i know it is in the old testament and uh it, she kept saying it's it's a disturbing Bible passage, but I'm like, it's actually an entire book of the Bible. So I don't know, like, if she just didn't know or mm. if she just knew it was, like, the Old Testament and had, like, creepy meaning to it. I don't know. So I'm not... and it, on her shoulders. So how did she brand herself? Oh, I'll tell you. So <laughs> when police are finally unraveling like oh my god this was all a hoax and by the way they'd spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on this case like trying to find her and think about like where that money could have gone to actually mm-hmm. helping people who were being trafficked or were being uh, abused or it just just makes my makes me sick so uh as they're getting kind of as they're finally able to untangle this uh they start hearing from sherry's family Sherry's family and friends say, well, Sherry has a history of making things up and running away. And uh, one woman named Asia Coleman told the sheriff that is how she used to deal with things as a child. When things got hard, she would just run away. Uh, One friend said she does tend to be a little dramatic, a little exaggerative. And one ex-boyfriend said he broke up with Sherry after two years because she kept making up stories for attention. Uh, I mean, she made up a lot That's of what's one big honking story yeah yeah um she actually would create almost different realities for people like like fake allison like fake allison <laughs> <laughs> uh oh <laughs> look if the if the if the farthest my lack of sanity goes is me pretending my girlfriend is next to me i'm in the clear and you're just complimenting her <laughs> i'm just telling her she's beautiful and i'll catch real allison up the next day but like um wow okay i'm sorry <laughs> okay so she's got but she's she, got a she lot of fake realities yes yeah, so she f- presents herself to different people in like very different ways and not just like oh she acts different around different people like she creates entire backgrounds f- that are fake for different That's people so wild yeah um so she like for example she would make up like illnesses she would make oh she told one uh ex-husband that she had a heart murmur but then that wasn't real and then she told her like current husband she had like a some other health issue pathological pathological like since she was young has been making stuff up she would tell her friends that her her family like abused her and treated her terribly but then she told everybody that each man she was with treated her terribly and like it became clear that this was all fake because the number of people that she accused of like locking her away and beating her like after interviews and after plenty of uh other witnesses police were like okay this isn't real like she she lies i'm honestly impressed with 
how much she could get away with if she's been with the same person since she was 12. So, well, they, it wasn't the same person. So they had that like little middle school romance, but then, and then like, they rekindled. So it. she had gotten married like in between there. Um, so they had had other relationships before, you know, like uh, 15 years later when they got back sure. together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in an interview with investigators, Sherry told them she was a fan of true crime shows and randomly told them, and this was before anyone knew she was faking it, randomly told them that she had read Elizabeth Smart's memoir, which is just great. Great. Uh, then Sherry's ex-boyfriend, James Reyes, finally broke the entire case uh he told investigators that he had lied when sherry went missing and when they so it was the same boyfriend sorry so when he had said oh he hadn't heard from her in six years when they first reached out to him that was the same guy that she ended up being with so james tells investigators that he had lied when sherry went missing and when he said he hadn't seen from her or heard from her in years. In fact, this is what actually happened. Sherry had reached out and asked him for help. She told him that Keith was abusing her and she needed to escape. This was a blatant lie, but he believed her. He was like, oh my gosh, she's in danger. She's an old friend. I want to help her. So he followed Sherry's instructions. He uh, had a friend rent a car so that he could pick Sherry up it's a nine-hour drive. So he drives up to pick her up. She gives him explicit directions, tosses her phone, and gets in the back seat and lays down so that, like, no one sees her. And he has to turn around and drive nine hours back. So he drove nine hours up, picked her up, and then he turned around and drove nine hours back to the point where he was, like, falling asleep at the wheel, but she was just in the back seat napping. Mm. Uh they went back to his apartment and she stayed there. She she stayed in his bed while he slept on the couch. And this was for several weeks, for 22 days. Uh, she's just sleeping on his bed and nothing sexual happened. It was not like a romantic thing. She just said, I need to get away from my family. And so he didn't have a TV. So he didn't realize like the extent to which this had become like a phenomenon, her missing. Like he didn't realize how what he was involved like the extent to which he was involved in this he really didn't so she's staying in his bedroom he's sleeping on the couch he just goes to work every day and she never left his apartment uh she stopped eating uh she really cut down to lose the weight she hacked off her own hair um and she self-inflicted all the wounds that she claimed came from her Hispanic abductors. Mm. So she told investigators she had been stomped on, kicked, beaten with various objects. She said they shut her in a closet. Uh, and incredibly, she actually got James to help her inflict some of the injuries, like the brand on her shoulder. Uh, she mm. basically had him go buy a wood wood burning tool from like my imagination is michael's or hobby lobby like, right right a wood carving tool and then she told him to write exodus on her shoulder and he was like i don't know what it means which like that's a lot of letters it's a lot of letters why didn't you write luke that's another or, book of or the bible hi like <laughs> or just a letter a letter would have been vague enough too and right the, okay this part i find a little funny knowing what we know uh because at the hospital they were examining her for her injuries and they saw the brand and they said wow it looks like a series of letters like we can't make out what it says and she went i think it says exodus like 
she she knew what it said because she told him to write it, but they couldn't tell because it was all scabbed and like she. Could... It's all, it's so weird that she also clearly wanted Exodus of it all is things. Weird. Like so weird. Like there has to be a reason behind Exodus for her to. Yeah, I wonder. And it's like I'm not going to read the whole Bible chapter, but I don't know, or the Bible book, but I don't know, man. It's it must mean something. Um, book of Exodus. Listen, I scrolled uh, through the wiki and it's long. Oh, okay. The main message, how God delivered the Israelites and made them his special people. The, the overall theme is redemption and the word means exit or departure. Yeah. Okay, I learned nothing. Yeah, it's basically like the Israelites leaving Egypt. I don't know. It means nothing to me. Yeah. Okay. I, maybe she just thought it sounded cool. I don't know. Okay. So... By early morning, so, oh, by the way, the, the broken nose, I meant to tell you, uh, that happened because she told him to hold, like, he wouldn't hit her. He's like, I'm not going to hit you. Yeah. But she told him to hold up a hockey stick because <gasps> he played hockey and she ran into it and broke her own nose. How do you even run into? I don't know, but the thought of it makes you want to scream. I, first of all, maybe it's because I'm just bad at all physical movement you can paddleboard my dude so i can't run fast enough to break my own nose into a stick that someone's holding that sounds horrific i feel like that took a few times i was thinking the same thing um and so that's how she had all these injuries self-inflicted but apparently on thanksgiving morning sherry said she missed her kids and she wanted to go home so she told him to rent another car and drive her back so he dropped her off on the side of the road and she took the pillowcase and started screaming and made a whole scene. Uh, they revealed to Sherry that James had told them everything after this, uh, this confession. Mm -hmm. um, they brought both Sherry and Keith back in. And by, the, by now it's August of 2020. So this has been like years uh, that they've been trying to figure out what happened. Like so, so many mm. wasted resources. Um, they revealed to Sherry that James had told them everything and it was it was too late to try and claim this was. Oh, by the way, when when they told Sherry and Keith, like, oh, we know what really happened. Sherry was cornered, obviously, like she knew they were about to get found out. Keith was thrilled because he thought, oh, they finally found Sherry's right, abductors right. and she's like getting really upset. And he and. There's footage of them whispering and he's like, what is wrong? Like, this is great news. They've got your abductors. She is whispering to him. I don't want them um, to arrest the, the younger Latina woman because she saved my life. And he's like, what? And she goes, he, she saved my life. She's the one that dropped me off on the side of the road. So I don't want them to find her. We have mm. to stop them from going any further. <laughs> So she's like trying everything she can to like she's floundering. She's floundering. She's completely floundering. So they come in and they're like, "Yo, there are no two Hispanic women. Like stop saying that. That's not real." And so she's trying to deny it. She keeps crying and saying, "It can't be. It can't be." And they're like, "Well, it is. So we don't know what to tell you." And when Keith hears this, he just walks out of the room. 
yeah he just like course. doesn't know what to do he has been by her side from day one and panic full panic mode for three weeks full panic for three weeks with the two kids uh he believed every word out of her mouth until it was like right in front of him because he was that devoted to her he he really believed it until it was right in front of him and he couldn't deny it any longer um she lied over and over he found out also during this time that like she had been talking to other men and had had that affair in michigan so like through all of this he is like on her side um so two locals at this point terry and marilyn smith had been huge supporters of the papinis because their own daughter this is so fucked up has been missing since 1998 (gasps) and actually disappeared from the same road Mm. and went to the same high school as sherry oh my god so essentially she staged her own kidnapping to look like the one from 1998 of her classmate Mm. and so terry and marilyn had been so supportive because their own daughter had gone missing and so for years now they've been like helping her to recover and been there for her and now they find out that she made it all up and they said it was like a slap in the face on top of that, the Latino wow. community had been on the edge or been on edge ever since the abductor's descriptions and composites were released. And now people were outraged. Like Sherry had just blatantly framed a specific group as the villain in her story for no reason other than right. like pointing at that group of people. So she had even told investigators that her abductors were listening to mariachi music, and this was uh, in the car and at the house, and she described it as that annoying Mexican music. Mm -hmm. So that's classy. Um, One man said, there are no dangerous, masked, gun-toting, Hispanic, Latino women here wanting to abduct your children, especially if they're white. Like, people were just pissed off. Mm -hmm. Sheriff Michael Johnson was outraged that Sherry had diverted vital resources from real cases and actual victims of human trafficking, especially in a state where many victims of trafficking are women and girls. And by the way, oftentimes from Latino communities and places like South and Central America, because white women are not usually the target of human trafficking. It's usually vulnerable people in vulnerable communities who are being told by someone they trust that they're going to find a better life and they're going to take them somewhere uh, safer and somewhere where they can, you know, make a good living. And then that's when that's typically how human trafficking works. So the fact that she's like, Oh, I'm white. And they wanted to sell me to a police officer. Like it's just all, so infuriating it's all just like making a full mockery of it especially like yes to like you were saying earlier like oh she looks 18 or i feel like there's like got to be some level of narcissism there of like oh i'm i'm young and hot enough to be heavily violently sexualized yes yes and she said too um so she had actually just gotten a breast augmentation like the week before and, and she described it as like the pain of like getting branded while my breast implants were still healing. And it's like, you did that. Like you timed this out. Nobody branded you without like, this was your idea. Mm. It's just bizarre. The whole thing's so bizarre. And people were like pretty shook because there were, there was a vocal group of people online saying, and I remember this happening. I remember there being a big debate about whether she made it up and 
a lot of people were like, this just does not track. Something's going on. She made it up or she and her husband are in on it. So when it was finally revealed, a lot of people were like, told you. But a lot of people were genuinely shocked, um, obviously. Like, they really believed everything she said. So Sherry had blamed her fake tragedy on the very women who were most likely, by the way, to be victimized by a real human trafficker, which is super fucked up and in the end she really did it like this was the way they put it on case file too is like this was not a victimless crime just because nobody right. died directly because of it you know she did untold damage to the lives of her family her friends i mean her poor kids i can't even imagine um entire communities and by the way she is never given like a motive like she's never even tried to explain just not a, even a fake motive like she's it's never, wild it's bizarre like she's never said Oh, I wanted money. I wanted this, that, the other. I think she just wanted attention. It sounds just like attention. a pathological liar situation. Yeah. I think that's all that it boils down to. Um, so in 2022, Sherry was charged with making false statements and mail fraud because some of the money she had received. Um, she, Oh, by the way, she received money from the freaking California Victims Compensation Board mm. to pay for her therapy and her PTSD treatment. And she had collected $30,000 from the victim's compensation board. Like they paid her, they paid it back. So yeah, she was required to pay restitution okay. over $300,000 because these were resources used searching for her, uh, the $30,000 victim fund, uh, the money from the GoFundMe that all yeah. these people are donating, you know, 50 K. And by the way, this is when I start to wonder about this fucking mystery businessman who's offering a six-figure sum like right. I just, that's so shady to me and it really makes me wonder if she was just on the computer at this guy's house like posting has to be I, yeah and i don't know like the, this has never been addressed in any of the sources i looked at but it's just a thought like have we looked into this guys because who's this anonymous businessman that nobody has ever named who just right. felt compelled to offer half a million dollars or whatever it was for someone he doesn't know the whole thing yeah. is just shady it's just weird so as much as she was ordered to pay restitution the judge commented that she was unlikely to ever pay it back because it was hard to imagine anyone ever hiring sherry to work again oh my god <gasps> so he's like good luck getting your money back no one's gonna hire her <laughs> exactly <laughs> wow she was also sentenced to 18 months in prison and the one like it's not even really a silver lining but like the one good move i guess is that keith who had stood by her through the, the affairs through all of this uh this the day he found out that she made it up he filed for divorce that day good good, good. good, good. and he told the press my current focus is on moving on and doing everything i can to provide my two children with as normal healthy and happy of a life as possible yeah and that's the story of sherry papini Ooh, and I'm oh sorry I misled God. you. I know I do that sometimes, and I, I felt bad about it this time because I'm like, no, 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 I love the twist. Okay, because it, it, if you frame it a certain way, it's like hard to believe that it's a hoax. But then the way they presented it on Case File, which I, I think they did a really good coverage of it, was like from the beginning they kind of hinted that it was a hoax. Like they said, you know, they talked about all the people who were skeptical and but i mm. kind of left all that out because i was like i want it to be a plot twist <laughs> i love a plot twist i love the drama yes i especially know because i just said oh well, that would be a stupid hoax or something and i you're know like, you were like what? nice you're like funny hoax i'm like yeah 
but you're right like not funny <laughs> at all um really not funny and just looney tunes man it's just bananas it's noodles all the way to the top well great story oh wow. my gosh what a doozy i mean terrible i hope keith is doing okay oh you know wow. i know me too and the kids i mean i hope i mean you know all you can hope is like hey they come out of this with um i don't know just love and support and feel equipped to to live their lives i don't know yeah. i feel like it, it can be so daunting to think of like what if you went through that what if your kids went through that but i don't know i hope that at least they uh come out stronger on the other side i don't know oh well good job christine and <laughs> i i don't i don't know what to say for after that <laughs> How do we sagoo out of here? So anyway, let's sagoo on out. Um, I, we need an ending. Like, I feel like every freaking podcast has, like, a, just an ending that's like, and this is that, and this has been that, and that's why we drink. I feel like we need to find a smoother way, you know? It'll never happen, it seems. Oh, I'm going to send you photos, by the way. I forgot. Oh. Okay. Uh, just to, like, give you an idea, and that way Eva can put them on Instagram. Good call. Uh, we're not going to post the kids because that is inappropriate. But, uh, you know, she looks to oh me. Oh, my God. She's all beaten up. I know. And those sweatpants. And those sweatpants ended up being um, that guy's, uh, James's sweatpants. Oh, my gosh. Which is why they only found male DNA. And, like, I didn't really give the full picture. But, uh but it took years to find out who this guy, who this mystery person was. Um, like it took years and years. So it wasn't as quick as like, oh, we found male DNA. Let's match it. Like they didn't know for many years. Um, oh my gosh. So here are just some photos. But yeah, I mean, what a fucking, you know who she looks like to me? That that woman from hmm. um, Criminal Minds. Oh. <laughs> the yeah, blonde yeah, yeah. one. Hi. Well, I think, what wait, no, not Criminal Minds. SVU. I'm sorry. SVU. The one who's kind of, I think it's SVU, right? Am I wrong? Now I don't know anyone that oh, I was Detective Rollins. Of. Hold on. Oh, Let me send you a kind of. Who was I thinking of for Criminal Minds? I don't know. Here, this is the one. Uh, I'll send you this separately so that Eva doesn't think this is part of the. <laughs> no, I, I don't want Amanda just... Rollins. Amanda Rollins, yeah. Um,. Hmm. I think they look alike. Anyway. Uh, what are you doing for the rest of the day, Christine? Well, I'm packing. What are you doing? I don't know. Oh, I'm holding the baby. Oh, you're seeing the baby. Seeing baby, baby. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, for um, listening again for the 341st time in your life. Um, I'm so proud of you and thankful for you all. And... Uh, I guess we'll we'll see you next week. We have you know good stuff on Patreon to keep you busy. In the meantime, we've got mm -hmm. our listeners episodes. You can also, um, you know, submit your own stories for the next episode if you'd like, and all that good stuff. Find us on social media. I'm always up to some bullshit on Instagram. That is, that is true. I can confirm that. And uh, oh yeah, and good follow luck to my follow my Sweden trip on Instagram. Although probably yeah. by the time this comes out, I'll probably be home. So I don't know. I don't know when this comes out, but uh, yeah. Until then, check. stay hydrated. <laughs> stay and hydrated. That's why we drink. God, we need a better ending. <laughs>